Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about how much you should be spending on property maintenance and improvements. You know, it's one of the advantages, I guess, of investing in property is that we can look for ways to enhance its value, make improvements, and that consequently builds our personal wealth. Uh, but I guess uh, arguably one of the things you could think is a disadvantage is that uh, dwellings uh, typically require or almost always require ongoing maintenance uh, and that maintenance cost obviously eats into the property's income that it generates and therefore the investment return. However, minimising or avoiding maintenance uh, is a false economy. You know, maintenance uh, cannot be avoided, it's only deferred because problems don't just magically resolve themselves, of course, and typically with a lot of issues, they tend to get worse if left unattended, uh, and so the cost, the rectification cost can, can increase. So either way, you're going to have to um, do the maintenance at, at some point, or if you eventually sell the property, uh, most potential purchasers are going to factor it into factoring those costs into the price. So you're either going to take a lower price, or you're just going to have to do that maintenance one day. And if you don't fix the problems, uh, as I said, that they could end up costing you more. As a general rule of thumb, it's reasonable to expect to spend somewhere between 0.4 and 0.75, three quarters of one percent. On a, of a property's value on ongoing maintenance. Now, you might not need to spend that every year. In fact, there might be periods of time, five, six, seven years, where you don't spend hardly anything at all. Uh, but let's say over a 10-year period, spending an amount of somewhere between sort of half and three-quarters of a percent of a property's value is not an unrealistic expectation. And really, it depends on the type of property, its finishes, uh, its amenities, and of course, houses tend to cost more to maintain and improve uh, than apartments do. There's some item, items that you can uh, spend money on that are going to have a, a positive impact on rental income. And they're often good to uh, spot and identify uh, because quite often uh, for a relatively small investment, you can get a, a pretty good return. In fact, I would say a very good return for some of these items. And so to give you sort of four examples of what these items are, uh, typically air conditioning, particularly in apartments, is highly desirable. Uh, and you know, a split system that acts as a heater and an air conditioner is uh, a pretty good solution. Uh, and that can increase a property's rental income by 10 to $20 a week, uh, sometimes even slightly more. Uh, and the total cost uh, to install a split system these days is substantially lower than it was uh, 20 years ago when I installed my first split system in a property. Uh, so the cost is around about three or $4,000 all up uh, today to put a split system in a, in a property. So a pretty good outcome. Uh, secondly, new carpets uh, tend to really change the amenity within a, and livability within a property. Uh, Regrouting tiles in kitchen and bathroom are not only is a good preventative maintenance, but it can have a really positive impact on a property's appeal, and I've done that in a in a property that I have, uh, we regrouted, and it, be, it made it look like almost made it look like it been completely retiled. And sprucing up kitchens and bathrooms. Now it's advisable to make sure that 
the kitchen and bathroom are in the relatively same standard. Otherwise, it kind of looks a bit odd if you sort of renovate the kitchen and the bathrooms still in original condition. Uh, but you can do it quite cost-effectively. In fact, you should be doing it cost-effectively. Uh, for example, uh, replacing flooring with, say, new vinyl, painting cupboards, uh, replacing the door handles, uh, replacing bench tops and tapware. You know, so so keeping the sort of structural stuff in there. Uh, if if there's an old oven in there, put a new oven in uh, from appliances online or one of those online retailers. Uh, you can pick something up for um, uh, for relatively uh, cheap or cost effective, uh, and just avoid doing a kind of full kitchen refit uh, or bathroom refit. Uh, sometimes it's like peeling an onion. As soon as you start um, pulling things off the wall, uh, you start to find more and more problems. The key thing is you need to make sure the standard of your maintenance and improvements is in keeping with the area and tenant and expectations. You know, if you're if you're renting a property for a thousand dollars a week, your tenant's going to probably expect more than if you're renting the property for two hundred dollars a week. Of course, common sense, right? Uh, there's also some items that you can uh, spend on that improve the value of a property, uh, and they're also good to consider in order to uh, create some equity. Uh, of course, typically maintaining a property or spending money on maintenance uh, preserves the relative value of a property, whereas the things that I'm talking about that are regarded as improvements uh, tend to enhance or increase the value of the property. So, uh, for example, uh, you know, some uh, properties don't really lend themselves to a cosmetic uh, kitchen and bathroom renovation. So a substantial kitchen and bathroom renovation tends to add more value than it costs. Uh, improving natural light in properties uh, is also very good. Uh, that might just be through painting you know, painting all white inside, for example, installing skylights, uh, these sorts of things can add a lot of value. Uh, for a house, adding a bedroom, uh, of course, uh, enhances its value. So they're the examples of some things that add a lot more value than uh, than what they um, what they tend to cost. Uh, there's uh, non-cosmetic items that you can spend money on, like rewiring, re-roofing, plumbing. These sorts of things tend to have very little impact on on value so they're sort of sunk costs sometimes they're unavoidable um, uh, but they're not the sort of things that are going to to really move you forward from an overall wealth perspective of course it's important not to go overboard uh, i always think if uh, you can't really expect your tenant uh, to look after your property if you don't look after it yourself uh, so therefore it's important to be uh, i think in my mind respectful to the tenant making sure that they've got a nice home to live in, uh, that you're looking after the property and so forth. And as a result of doing that, I think it's then a reasonable expectation for you to ensure that they look after the property as well. Um, but you don't need to um, put in stone bench tops and European appliances uh, for, for the most part, for, for, for most investment grade properties, that's just not necessary. So it's not about doing a renovation to your standard or what you'd like to see. It's very much a... A financial decision, not an emotional one. Uh, you've really got to weigh up the dollars and cents and make sure it's uh, it's sound. Uh, if you have an apartment, you would know that uh, an owner's corporation is responsible for maintaining common areas. Uh, so that's important to ensure that they do that. Uh, they should be looking for opportunities to improve the property's street appeal, security and obviously structural integrity. 
Uh, and where possible, owners' corporations should be looking for ways to improve the amenities of a property to ensure they are as comparable as property to more contemporary developments or apartments. So installing video intercom for additional security, for example, renovating stairwells to make them more inviting, uh, resurfacing driveways. These are the sort of cosmetic things that an owners' corp can do. Uh, to really improve the appeal of a, a particular block. From a taxation perspective, uh, you should be able to claim a tax action for repairs and improvements. And uh, typically the cost of any repairs and maintenance is generally deductible in the year that you incurred the cost, uh, except there's three except exceptions to that rule. Uh, so if there's a replacement of entire structure or unit of property, such as rebuilding a fence or replacing a stove, that needs to be de depreciated. Number two, if you're improving the item beyond its original condition, so that's you know really renovations, extensions, alterations, these sorts of things. So if you're making it better than what it was when you first purchased the property, that is an improvement and needs to be depreciated. And lastly, uh, initial uh, repairs uh, after acquiring the property. So that's if you buy a property, but before you put a tenant in it, you spend some money, that's going to be regarded as a improvement uh, because you're improving the property uh, beyond the point that you were, or condition that you purchased it in. An improvement or, or maintenance is more of a investment than it is an expense. Quite often... Uh, particularly if we fund a improvement from uh, additional borrowings, which I'm going to talk about funding, how to fund maintenance in the, in a second. Uh, but quite often it can be cash flow positive. Okay, it's not going to change your life, but it's really a case of enhancing an investment's uh, income stream rather than reducing it. So let's take the example uh, of putting in a $4,000 dollar uh, a split system can air conditioner and let's assume it increases your rental income by $10 a week. So really the after-tax increase in income uh, as a result from doing that after tax deductions, interest costs and so forth, and I've got the calcs in the show notes and on the blog of course, uh, the improvement is about $324 per annum. So just over $300 a year improvement after-tax income. And that's not going to change your life, right? So, you know, <laughs> uh, looking for all those opportunities and all the properties that you might own uh, is going to do very little uh, from a cash flow perspective. But I guess the, the point is that it's not going to impair your cash flow. It only improves it. And it's going to improve the value of the property. And it's going to reduce your risk. And it reduces your risk because it makes your property more marketable. Uh, and there's less likely that there's going to be any vacancy rates uh, or vacancy times, or at least they're minimised uh, to some degree anyway. So quite often we look at maintenance and we think, how can we get out of spending the money? But it really is uh, a good return on investment. In terms of funding, uh, where possible, and particularly if we're funding major maintenance and renovations, I like to advise clients to use borrowed funds to do that. And that would be true even if you had uh, the cash savings uh, readily accessible to, to fund the expense. You're actually better off to increase your loan and uh, leave those cash savings in a linked offset account than uh, pay for the renovations with cash. 
Um, uh, the reason is that you preserve the or maximise the future tax deductible loan, which might be uh, important to you. Might not be important to you today, but it might be important to you in the future. The simplest way to do that is to always ensure you build buffers into your loans. So, for example, if we help a client go and buy an investment property, we always try and borrow you know twenty to fifty thousand dollars more. Uh, than what they'll really need uh, so that they've got access to those monies via redraw uh, should they uh, should they need to use it for those sorts of things like improvements and maintenance. In terms of arranging these things, uh, if it's just minor repairs or minor improvements such as installing a split system, uh, typically you can ask your property manager to arrange that, get a, a few comparable quotes and then choose the, the right provider. Uh, however, it's a larger project like a kitchen and bathroom renovation. Uh, it's best to get sort of a, an outsourced business that specialises in completing those sorts of assignments. They'll have relationships with tradies and these sorts of things. They'll be able to project manage it for you. The last thing you need is a headache of running a, a renovation to a property uh, and there's businesses out there that will look after that for you. Uh, the only time that I would say uh, it's wise to really minimise the amount you spend on maintenance is if you had an asset where it's predominantly land value. So if you've got a, a very old rundown house and, and the potential purchaser is likely to come along and bulldoze that house should you ever go and sell it uh, and the, the, the building value is very minimal, uh, then really all you want to do is spend the minimum to uh, be able to put a tenant in it. Um, you don't necessarily want to uh, end up spending a lot of money on a property like that uh, as you might not get a, a good return on investment. Looking after your property, uh, caring for it, looking for ways to enhance its value, its appeal, uh, its income will serve you well in the long run. It'll help minimise vacancies, maximise rental income and enhance its capital growth prospects, make sure it's comparable and so forth. Property maintenance is an important ingredient to successfully building wealth with property. It's not an expense that should be avoided at all costs. It's more of an investment. Okay, so that's it for this week. Bit of a shorter episode this week. Uh, as always, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, please do rate it on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, leave a rating, leave a recommendation. Uh, and most importantly, please share. So if you know any friends, family or colleagues that uh, would enjoy listening to the podcast or podcasts, uh, certain podcasts, uh, please uh, do share. The more the merrier, of course. And until next week, bye for now.